Hello, welcome back. My name is Savannah Chase, and I am hosting this podcast, The Three Parts of Night. This is the second episode, and today we'll just be covering the second part. To start off, we'll just be summarizing and going through the events of the second part of the novel to understand what our topics will be today. So, basically... When Eliza and the other citizens of the town get off the cattle car and arrive at the camps, Auschwitz is the one that they were brought to, they see babies and very young children being brought to a crematorium, and this gives them, this brings down their spirits quite a bit. All of them that approach the Kaddish, that approach the camp as they get off the cattle car, start the what they call the Kaddish prayer for the dead to themselves because at this point they're all sure that this is a death sentence. Once in the camps they were all forced to run back and forth naked from the barack to barack for individual objects as the start to their work. As they go on they seem to feel that they're losing their humanity and just becoming husks or bodies with no spirit or souls anymore because of how little they how little freedom they have to be themselves each prisoner was finally assigned a number and became property of the nazis as all Jews did during this time as they were brought into camps eliza takes note and became a 7713 Time for all of them, and especially Eliza, time starts to blend together, and days become weeks. Eliza quickly became accustomed to his routine and found himself bored even though he was working all the time. Just the routine and repetition of everything got to him. Their blockatees was changed into a ferocious one, and he aids veritable monsters. As Eliza says, the good days are over. Eliza, noticing how it takes no meaning anymore, or doesn't just doesn't have any place in his life anymore, he stops all religious research and actions. His group that he was assigned with. In his number, his group was moved to Buna, and there it was peaceful and fewer people. And in a way, it was a kind camp with a leader with compassion towards 10 and 12, 10 to 12 year olds. And they all got new clothing, which was a little bit odd for a camp. And turned out that it was because of a heavy flow of homosexuality from the older and leading Gestapo. Eliza falls into a commodo or an orchestra of the work. And it's electrical, but it's not hard. It's actually quite simple and easy for him to do. His block else was a German Jew, Alphonse, and an alert was sent through the camp 
all inmates were to stay in their blocks with two cauldrons of soup in the middle of the camp. American planes were bombing Buna factory, so they had to take cover. Riceford Hilmer stole during the air raid and was sentenced to the gallows in front of a whole camp as an example to show them what will happen if they follow in his footsteps. All other gallows in the camp never had a weeping victim because no one felt bad for him because they knew he was in the wrong. Inmates have a debate over Yom Kippur, fasting in celebration of the new year when they're constantly fasting. They feel that he uses it as a celebration when they all know that these are terrible times when they need to eat and the fact that they have a lack of food all the time should not be used as a thing to celebrate. Germans who send over whoever they want to the crematorium go Germans send Jews through a selection so that they can send over whoever they want to the crematorium, no matter what they've done or if they deserve it more than the others. There are actually, that's the end of most of the events in the second part. Now to intro all the new characters and everything about them. Yael, the cider rabbi's brother embraced Eliza as a friend and a companion. The young pole leader of Block 17 is a new person and he runs Eliza's block. Um, Stein Antwerp is Reisel's husband. He's always eager to hear of his family condition and if they are okay and he would give up and die for his family if they weren't. He found out from a transport from Antwerp that his family was gone and Stein was never seen again, though. Ekipa Drummer is an optimistic Kabbalah preacher, and he was lost to the selection later on. Eliza forgot to say Kaddish for him after he was taken away. Hershkanud was well-grounded in Kabbalah and speaks the rapture. Julia Paul has glasses and a cynical smile are two of the key attributes to his character. Louise is native from Holland and a well-known violinist. Hans is a young man from, from Berlin. Franek is a Polish foreman, former student in Warsaw. Josie and Tibby are brothers from Czechoslovakia whose parents were exterminated in Birkenau. They joined Eliza and father at their work corner, and they became friends with Eliza. Alphonse, as mentioned before, by name, is a German Jew. And Block Else of Block 17, again, is Eliza's block.
Idek is the leader of Eliezer's work unit, and he has explosive anger and attacks anyone who were to not obey what he says, basically. And anyone who bothers him during an episode is in grave danger. Now for our interview. Today we'll be interviewing Frenick as our person of interest to ask about what happened and the events during this novel. So, Frenick, as a Jew working for the German cause, do you feel remorse for fellow Jews? Of course I did. I'm no monster. During my time in Brno with Block 17, I nurtured and fed those I was responsible for. I never did stop caring for my fellow blood. Alright. What did you have in response to Eliza charging you with greed and abuse of power? I have nothing but astonishment in response. I never once expressed greed or abused my position of myself. If I did, it was for the well-being of my inmates. How is it that you came to work for the Germans, especially as a Jew? Many Jews work for the Nazi party, and it was all because of the same reason. Survival. We are in an era of war. All lines of ally, friend, family, enemy, all bend to this almanom, and the strong survive. Germans invaded by hometown, and I sur- survived because I was strong. Alright, so that's the end. Thank you, Frenick. Thank you. Of course, it was my pleasure. Now to move on to the reflection of Eliza's choices during this section of the book. Eliza, along this, in the story, becomes more aggressive in his behavior, and we start to identify that as animalistic, in a way. Eliza also chooses to deny food because of how spoiled he was before, even though it's his first real meal in Auschwitz and he knows that he needs it, which could have been bad and good depending on how you look at it and from which stand place you stand. I found that extremely interesting. That he would do that because he needed the meal. Though I understand in his head morally he felt like he deserved to go hungry. My thoughts and questions don't really have a whole lot of questions or thoughts. But I find it interesting that they sent people to the crematorium if they don't work. But also during selections, they would choose people who worked the hardest as well, occasionally, and send them to the crematorium as well. Though there is an air of kindness in Buna, it was interesting that they took pity on Eliza once he was selected in the actual selection. And after the selections, the camp became more cruel, even though it was supposedly much better than all the other camps that he had been to before. Thank you for listening. I hope to have you back next time for the last part 
and where we will cover the next selection and part of this novel. It was great to have you guys. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.